I'm not the problem. Society is dysfunctional. Facebook. Welcome everybody. Uh, here this evening with uh, Coach Jeff Berger, uh, martial arts instructor for, you've been training for over 35 years. Yeah, over 35 years. Um, you've traveled many places in the world, all over Asia. Yeah, I've been uh, two trips to Japan, uh, seven trips to China, uh, 23 months accumulated in China, two trips to Thailand, uh, nine months there. Uh, one five months, one four months, and uh, a month in the Philippines. All to just do martial arts stuff. Now, you've published two books. Two books, yeah. So uh, one of them's there, Ball Busters. Over 100 Growing Strikes yeah. for Self-Defense. And 100 Push-Up Method. So the Ball Busters was, um, it was kind of a test run because there were some other books I wanted to write and, and I haven't gotten around to them yet. But uh, <clears throat> I didn't know anything about writing a book. So... We thought of doing this one because that way we could experiment with writing a book and if it came out bad, 
it's kind of funny. You know, it's, it's got a humor, humorness to it, but it actually came out pretty good. So it's a good way to learn. Like a, right, first, good first right, book it was, my, it was my learn how to do a book book. Yeah. Um, then the DVD, Attack the Attack. Yeah, the DVD, Attack the Attack. That was really cool for me because the guys who made that, YMAA, um, they're the largest distributor for martial art DVDs in the world. So to get asked by them was, was really cool. So. Hmm. He just he's a he's in town from Salem, Massachusetts. You're out here. Uh, you're doing a seminar for two days. Yep, I'm at uh, SMAF Saratoga Martial Art Festival. Um, it's a two-day event they do every year. Awesome, great group of people. Open-minded martial arts, art martial artist. Uh, just a lot of fun. A lot of different styles going on at one time. So, what were you doing there today? Like, so today I was doing something I call Jujitsu Houdini, and then tomorrow I'm doing something we're calling. Uh, you can't hit a ghost. You can't hit a ghost. Yeah. So the um, Jiu-Jitsu Houdini, um, let, me, let me talk about how that came about. So, uh, I mean, I've done a lot of different martial arts. I've done karate and Muay Thai and boxing and Jiu-Jitsu and um, all of them. I mean, uh, one, one of the things I try to, uh, I, one of my bad little uh, lines is, uh, I say martial arts are like Pokemon. you got to catch them all because I love all the martial arts, right? But um, I was a striking coach for uh, a school in Boston, uh, a, a school that was really focused on MMA. And I was their striking coach for five years. And uh, one night, uh, one of the students uh, calls me. student's dad calls me. It's around like midnight. He's like, hey, yeah, is this Coach Jeff? And I'm like, yeah, well, who's this? And he says who it was. Yeah, this is, this is Max's dad and stuff like that. And, and, I'm, and I'm thinking something bad happened. You know, why, why are you calling me? Because it's close to midnight. It's just not a time. And he goes, hey, what, what the fuck is up with that uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu club? We can swear? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, you can swear. Okay, okay. <laughs> he, goes, uh, he goes, what the fuck's up with that Brazilian jiu-jitsu class? I said, I, I don't know. I, I teach Muay Thai. He goes, yeah, you know, Max comes home from Muay Thai, and he's all pumped, and he's in the garage training and everything, and then, you know, he comes home from Muay Thai, and he's all, or he comes home from Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and he's all, you know, he's all mopey and pissy and doesn't want to talk to anybody. He goes, what's up with that? I said, I know, he's probably tired of getting his ass kicked for a year and a half and not learning anything. And uh, he goes, yeah, so what's up with that? I said, I don't know. It's, it's kind of the way a lot of schools run, that uh, you just walk in and you, you're rolling, you're sparring. So you're sparring with jiu-jitsu skills and you don't know any. So you're just getting smashed on by other people. Plus, uh, for a long time when I was there, uh, they were still teaching the classes in Portuguese because the guys were from Brazil. And I'm like... You know, they were asking me, how come American people aren't signing up for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? I thought it was popular. I was like, well, stop teaching the class in Portuguese because, you know, <laughs> nobody can understand. Right. And they're just like, well, we're from Brazil. They should learn. It's like, well, they're not going to. Right. But anyway. And if you're beating up on people just and not teaching them anything, that's not right, really going right. to help business either. For? Yeah. Right. So what do you, and what do you pay you're for? Paid you're paid to be on somebody's dummy. Right. But I've seen it happen so many times. It's one of, part of the reasons why I put up my own school. But. So what happened with this kid, Max, was uh, his dad asked me if I could help him. And I said, okay. I, and I told Max, I said, we're going to you know, do private lessons for a while. And all we did was the program I called, right now I call Jiu-Jitsu Houdini, was there's like nine or ten positions that happen a lot in grappling, even if it's uh, a street fight grappling, right? There's, uh, you know, like ten positions that happen a lot. So we worked two or three escapes from each of those positions for a couple of months so you could do them really good. And I said, okay, go back to class, you know, and see how you do it. And don't get your hopes up because we didn't learn any submissions. 
you just learn to skate. So I just want to know if you can survive a little longer. Because it's so frustrating, because I've been in this position where you're just getting smashed and you have no idea what to do. You're just somebody's grappling dummy at this point, right? So uh, so he goes to class, and I see him a couple days later. I'm like, say, hey, so how, how did class go? He's like, his face lights up. He goes, yeah, man. So I'm like, wow, I'm like, that, that good, right? His face lit up. He goes, oh, yeah. Anybody who wasn't a good purple belt or higher couldn't tap me out. I'm like, what? And he's like, you know, if it was a tournament, he would have lost because he'd get out of one hole, they just grab him in another, mm-hmm. right? But, um, but it's cool because he had some idea what to do. At least you're practicing something in class instead of just getting tired and, and getting your ass kicked. I said, cool. I said, so he did that for a little bit. And I said, okay, now we're going to do escape from submissions. So what are the popular submissions in a Brazilian jiu-jitsu class? There's straight arm bar, America, bent arm bar this way, Americana, bent arm bar this way. It's a Kimura and a choke. I go, so those, those four submissions, let's learn some escapes from them. Now the next time you're out there grappling, give it to them. You know, one of my favorite escapes from the mount, the guy sitting on you, a big no-no, is you're not supposed to push the guy's chest away. So, because he's going to armbar you. So I'm like, fine, my favorite escape from the mount is to give him the armbar, because I can get out of the armbar. So I'll do that when the guy does it. There's a way to, you know, pass his leg over so he doesn't get it. And, uh... And then you have to, after that, he's like, what's next? I'm like, well, now you go on the offense. And you, and you have the courage. You, you, you're willing to risk going on the offense now because you can, if, if something happens, shit hits, if something goes awry, you, know how to you, get you out can of still it defend point. yourself. Right. But I was their striking coach for five years. And, uh, and I ended up opening up my own school because I was just tired of some of the shit I was seeing there. I mean, I, I brought up a, a half a dozen of my friends who joined that school. They all quit for the same reason. Because they were just getting smashed and not learning anything. Because you walk into class first day, they're like, "Okay, let's roll." And they're like, and they're like "Oh, you know, sparring with jujitsu." They're like, "I don't know any. You figure it out." And I'm like, "If I have to figure it out on my own, why am I paying you? <clears throat> you know, I mean, I'll go figure it out on my own for free." Um, that and I mean, people getting hurt. I mean, uh, you know, I see people, you know, you know, guys who are pros. We were literally pro competitors. Oh, yeah, I need a sparring partner coming back. Beating the shit out of people. It's their first day or they're brand new or they're not any good. Um, one guy got his leg broke. First day in class. His shin bone. Like that. Ugh. Right? And uh, it, it sucks because... Um, it kind of would push you away. It might yeah. scare you out of it. Yeah. This is what yeah. I'm going to deal He's with on a daily basis. basis. He's never going to come back. And uh, you know, one of the things, like, like, I run a school, and a lot of schools... Right now, they're all talking about, you know, their kids' programs keep them open. But adult classes are, are thin and stuff like that, and, and people wonder why. And um, I say there's a bunch of reasons. For one, um, you know, for years of shitty karate. You know, people would just, you know, did these black belt mills and stuff like that. We call them McDojos, right? It's just, it's just a money plan. <laughs> you guys did karate. You, did, you guys did shitty karate. So they did shitty karate when they were kids, so they don't want to do it now. And then as far as doing something more hardcore like a boxing, jiu-jitsu, or Muay Thai, people are afraid to get hurt. And, you know, a lot of people go, oh, well, he's a pussy. They're not a pussy. I mean, they're they're new to this stuff, and people are afraid to get hurt, and it's a legit thing because, like I said, I saw people getting knocked out their first night, getting leg broke their first night. And, you know, you should be learning stuff before you... Like my school, if somebody wants to spar, they have to pass... My level one before they're ever allowed to spar. And that's going to take at least, you know, 40 hours of classes. 
And uh, people go, oh, why do I have to pass level one to spar? It's like, well, what are you sparring with if you don't have the basics? Now you're just fighting. Right? You're not practicing anything, right? And sparring shouldn't be a fight. It should be you learning stuff. Like actual technique instead of just flailing. Yeah, yeah. What are you doing? Oh, well, I'm fighting. Okay. Well, That's you're, supposed to, be, you're supposed to be learning. Train. Yeah, you're supposed to be learning some, some techniques, some tactics. You're supposed to be practicing something to get better at, not just, oh, I'm practicing getting better at being crazy. I'm getting. I'm. I'm practicing getting better at Tasmanian devil. You know, um, it's an interesting style. Yeah. Well, it's funny because you hear about all these different animal styles, and one really famous animal style is tiger crane. And uh, one of the things they say, my animal style, I joke around, is uh, Tasmanian devil bugs bunny. So I figure I'm like, you know, seventy percent just go crazy, but thirty percent it's got to be technical. Um, because some people get too technical and their stuff doesn't work. Um, it drives me crazy. Like I was at, um, you know, I go to these seminars and I see people who have reached a really high skill level at bullshit stuff that's never going to be used in a fight. Or, um, you know, I was talking with, you know, somebody recently. We're, we're doing a seminar and, you know, people are kicking these kicking shields, doing roundhouse kicks. And there's people with black belts who, who couldn't hit for shit. I mean, I have people who walk in off the street and get harder than these people who, who are wearing black belts. You know, and this is one of the reasons why karate has such a bad reputation, because there's a lot of bad karate out there. So instead of focusing on the, the hit and the power, and the, they're about the form right, of right, it more than form. the effectiveness. Right. And people who haven't fought have bad ideas on form. They come up with ideas. Well, that's a nice idea. Have you tested it? Have you pressure tested it? You know, that's why, as I say, there's there's some arts that I, you know, people say don't badmouth arts, you know, but I will. I mean, there's there's some arts that, and there might be some, few, uh, you know, some good people in those arts, but, uh, I mean, you have real arts. Like, you can't lie in boxing. You can't lie. When you're grappling with somebody, you're doing judo, jiu-jitsu, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, catch wrestling, those are grappling arts. They're real. You're working against full speed, a fully resisting opponent, you know. Um, so boxing, so for striking it's boy, boxing and Muay Thai, and for grappling it's Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Judo, catch wrestling. Those are, you know, they're just real arts. There's no, there's so much bullshit in some other arts. Like, um, I do some Filipino martial arts. We do the stick and knife fighting stuff. It goes by names of Kali, Eskrima, Arnes, different names, right? There's so much bullshit in the stick fighting. And it's all this, you know, oh, I block your stick, and I grab your stick, and I put my stick in your stick, and do, and you watch guys doing full contact stick fighting. Never happens. You know, but, uh, but it keeps student around. You do it, we call it tacti cool. It's cool, but it's, you know, all these different things, and it, it keeps students around, but, uh, you know, you're, they're, not, they're not learning anything useful. And I've told some people, like, I, I've said it before, there's a lot of people who take stick fighting, stick fighting would be better if they never took a class if you just had a stick in your class and said what are you trying to do i've got to kick this guy's ass you know this guy's trying to hurt my family somebody in my house whatever I, i've got a stick in my hand i'm just going to go but now these people that they're trying to be loyal to their style or and it, it's just it's no know, longer self-defense they're right they're trying to they're trying to represent their style not get the job done mm -hmm. and at one point your style has to fucking work and there's a lot of stuff out there. It just doesn't work. So these aren't where people would start. Where would you recommend, if, if like, where would you recommend, like, a starting point for someone who's looking to get into 
like a martial arts or self-defense uh, training? I would say, <clears throat> like, if I had one piece of advice to give to people, somebody asked me this before, what's the one, you know, you've been doing this a long time, what's the one piece of advice you could give? And I had no answer. I had to think about it for a few minutes. But my thing would be, find a good school and just start. Okay? Now, that's a problem, find a good school. How do you know it's a good school? And do you have any options in your, in your area? I mean, if you live out in the middle of, you know, Cornfield, Nebraska, you probably don't have a lot of, you might not have any options. You know, I don't know. Um, but what's in your area? I mean, me living in Boston, every style that exists is at my finger. You can go to everything you want. So, I mean, so try some different schools. Think, some things that are going to be important, regardless of style, is, um, you know, do you like the teacher? Right? I mean, do you get along with this guy? Or do you feel okay there? Is it near your house? I mean, I've lost students who are like, hey, I like your class, but I just found a place that's around the corner from me. Okay, so convenience, yeah. But, um, you know, go find a good school. <clears throat> and um, it's going to be hard for you to know what a good school is. And uh, a lot of the bad schools uh, are really good at smoke and mirrors to make them look like a good school. One of the big things I tell people to look for is, uh, are they in the Martial Art Hall of Fame? Okay. Because that sounds really great, but uh, how long did you, you did some martial arts when you were a kid, right? Yes, how I did. How long did you do it for? Uh, two or three years of Shion Farakia. Yeah, and how old were you? Oh, God, eight or nine, okay. ten. So if you wanted to, you could be in the Martial Art Hall of Fame by this time next week. How? Because you just pay. Because I just pay. <laughs> right, so you, you go to these places and you pay like 1500 bucks. And, and the thing is, is there are a whole bunch of different associations that do the Martial Arts Hall of Fame type of thing. To give you an example, I know one place where you are going to be the eighth name. So they got this, they'll send you this plaque, okay, certificate that you're on it. And then they'll send you this plaque with all these names. And you will be like the eighth name, okay, because they have all the other ones, you know, up there. And here's why that works. Because you have, like, little Susie soccer mom, you know, comes in because little Timmy wants to do karate. So she comes in and she's looking around the school, you know, trying to judge the school. She doesn't know anything about it. And then she sees that in the Martial Art Hall of Fame. Bruce Lee and Chuck Norris and Jackie Chan and, and Steven Seagal. <laughs> oh my God, this guy, he's in the top ten. Well, I better sign up now because he's right around the corner from us, right? Because she's never going to know the difference. right? I mean, there's people who just do that kind of stuff. People who promote themselves. I want my name above Chuck Norris. Though. There you go. <laughs> but, uh, I love all those Chuck Norris-isms. You know, like, uh, and it's funny because I saw this interview with Chuck Norris, and they were asking which one is his favorite. He didn't know. He didn't know that these <laughs> things were going on. He goes, he goes, well, we have this whole book on him. And he goes, oh, well, who wrote that? He goes, I need to get in touch with him because I'm not getting any money from this. <laughs> right? But it's all, you know, like, you know, the boogeyman checks under the bed for Chuck Norris. Superman wears Chuck Norris under roofs. And he's laughing. He's, I've met him. He's a super... Super nice guy. He seems like he would be. Yeah, he's he just down so, to earth. Yeah, he's one of those guys who did not let fame go to his head at all. But um, you know, there's that uh, picture, like you know, somebody's asking how, how many push-ups can Chuck Norris do? Do you know how many? All of them. All of them. Right. That, that's, <laughs> what, that, that's such a great answer. You know, it's gonna be sad when he passes away because he's such an. He's American, like eighty. Yeah, he's such an American icon, and uh, he's such a nice guy. But. Uh, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors out there for these schools. Like a lot of people, you know, give themselves these big titles. They're master or grandmaster. So, yeah, well, I mentioned uh, I had a student who left for a school that was closer to him. <clears throat> I've had multiple ones. One of them, 
he goes to this other school and he's like, you know, and he calls me like a couple months later. He goes, hey, you know, if you ever get a day, could you come by and, you know, check out this school? I'm like, yeah, maybe. Why? What's up? And he goes, I don't know. I just, I don't want to know if it's any good or not. You know, I, I don't know. All right. I go there. This guy's probably pushing the 400 pound mark. I, I have a picture of him. <laughs> and, uh, so one of the things I'm looking at is, you know, I look, go look at his diploma so I can go look it up online afterwards and stuff like that. And it's William such and such, right? I start calling, he's, he's talking to me, and I, I call him Billy. He goes, it's Master, Grandmaster so-and-so to you, blah, 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 like that, right? I'm like, yeah, okay, Billy, right? And he's like, oh, you're being totally disrespectful, and this is that, I've heard this rank, and blah, blah, blah. The class was horrible, by the way, right? But this guy is so fat, like his, his fat is hanging on his thighs. Like, his belt is here, and there's... There's two feet and then a curve of belly underneath. It just looked ridiculous. And and here's the deal, like you know, like I'm not in Spartan shape anymore. I'm fifty I'm in my fifties. I had cancer, I got put on weight with that, you know, just being inactive and stuff like that. I don't expect everybody to be super Spartan, but you know, why would you bring your kid to this class and this is somebody your kid's gonna look up to? I mean, uh but anyway, the guy's, you know, telling me to call him Grandmaster. And I'm like, look, dude, you need to stop saying Grandmaster and start using Stairmaster. Right? <laughs> and he gets all flipped out. And I was like, you need to leave. I'm going to sue you for slander. I'm like, for what? You don't know you're fat? I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, for, in order for it to be slander, it has to not be true. Yeah. Right? But anyway, I leave, you know. And um, well, one of the things I said to him was like, you know, you're talking about all this, you know, deadly techniques and all this other stuff like that. Like, people aren't going to hardly ever need that. And I'm like, you're worrying about all these, you know, super violent strangers in dark alleys. Dude, you're, you're killing yourself with a fork. You know, it's like, you know. And not in an improvised weapon way. Yeah. But uh, somebody had said, uh, somebody goes, hey, my kid went to this birthday party at a karate school the other day. And the teacher was super obese. And I'm like, where was it? Like that. And I go, oh, yeah, I know that guy. And there was a picture of him looking at his watch. So I made a little meme on it on Facebook and I said, oh, look, it's time to stop saying Grandmaster and start using Stairmaster. Because you know? uh, one of the things, that, I mean, I'll call people up. I mean, because one of the things, the reason some of this bullshit has grown out of proportion is because everybody's the wrong kind of nice. Right? People, oh, if you don't have something nice to say, don't say anything at all. Or come sit next to me and we can make fun together. Right. But then, but now you have all these people just doing, you know, they can get away with a lot of bullshit and no one ever calls them out. Dude, you are set for the liquor. There's a, there's a ton of liquor in there. Yeah. We usually break it out all of it, but I know you don't drink a lot of that. Yeah, you're, a, you're a big but ass. I was really happy that Smokehead Scotch. Found my favorite scotch. This is called Smokehead, and if you guys like that smoky, smoky, peaty thing, this is the smokiest, peatiest. It's like drinking a campfire. Could use the flaps as a weapon. <laughs> What's that? Somebody said he could use the flaps as a weapon. What's the flaps? The fat guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hey, if you're if you're grappling with somebody and you sit on them, yeah, it's hard, it's, it's hard not, to get them walking. I'm a pretty big guy, and I have used that to my advantage yeah. in a situation where, you know, someone grabs a hold of you, and it's like, fine, we can ride this down together, but I'm right. landing on top right. of you. Right, and when you push a skinny guy away, you're actually pushing skeleton. With a big yeah. guy, you're just pushing, you know, squish. wrap my arms around and fall with them. Yep, yep. Someone else, did you know Chuck Norris tears can cure cancer? Too bad he never cries. <laughs> yeah, too bad he never cries. Yep, that's a great one. Yeah, there's a whole book. I love all those. Like I said, I met him, and he's just... Fat guy in a little coat. Super humble guy. Uh, I met some other martial art people 
Or, and, and it's funny, there's a lot, and I don't want to say their names because they're dicks, you know, but there's a lot of guys out there who are just uh, jerks and pricks and, and you know, um, you know, women beaters and whatever like that. And it just, it, it, it pisses me off because one of the things for me, martial arts should be, um, it's not just fighting. Like uh, there's a, so there's a famous style of, of karate called Shotokan. That was the first one that actually made karate popular. I'm not a big fan of the style, but one of the things the uh, the founder had said is like, uh, I forget exactly how he worded it, but karate's not just a way of fighting, it's a way to build character. Um, From my experience, it was, it's it's discipline, it's not being disciplined, it's learning discipline. Right. It was a lot of, we're not just going to teach you how to fight, we're going to teach you how to use this correctly, and it wasn't about hurting somebody. It was like, when I did karate, it was, okay, get away, you're safe. Get them away from you. Get them away. And then it was also, you needed to learn. Okay, it's not just a punch. It's a, it's a launch punch. It's a reverse punch. Right. It's a roundhouse kick. It's a crescent kick. And then learning the Japanese with all of the different terms. It was, And if you didn't learn, like they ask you, okay, what is roundhouse kick in Japanese? And you didn't know it? Head knuckle push-ups yeah. over on the side of the floor. Right. Next. <laughs> right. So my kids, the higher rank they are, the more Japanese they have to know. Like when they go for the green belt, they actually have to take a written test. And they have, uh, by that time, they have like two pages of Japanese. They have two pages that they have to do Japanese and make it English. And then they have to take it English and make it Japanese. And they have to score a certain amount on that test. I don't want to sound culturally unknowledgeable. Do they have caricatures still like no, that? No, no. They Is can that spell that it however they want. Right, the kanji. Yeah. The, 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 so they can write it in English. And i got to tell you, the little kids write some of the best stuff. So there's Lunch Punch. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many kids have wrote Lunch punch and uh, when you do spear hand, spear hand it's called new kite right and how many kids wrote new kitty <laughs> you know it's uh yeah they just they come up you know sometimes like my wife and i will look she'll we'll look at this and we're just like look at this like, oh, here's another lunch punch or here's this or here's that you know going on pete pete's a uh, kickboxer or was a kickboxer out in the uk oh cool He's trained and done stuff, fought over and he has a, he has a fun Russia story sometime, but uh, yeah, he's a he's I haven't a, been to Russia yet. Yeah, he was. A, I think he did Muay Thai was his thing. Cool. Yeah. So I got nine months in Thailand doing Muay Thai. Muay Thai Institute was pretty cool. Definitely a huge experience there. But you um, wouldn't start with that. Like we were talking about, you wouldn't start with that. Yeah. So, so I mean, if you you know find a good school, right? Mm -hmm. and, and and again, that's all that's all hard because you don't know what a good school is. So. You know, try to find something that's close to you that's convenient. Try to find something that's real. Anybody's teaching, you know, energy push and pressure point knockouts is just taking your money. And, you know, that, that stuff is crap. But, uh, you know, and, and be, be safe. And safety is relative, right? So uh, look at those schools. See if you're getting abused, all this other stuff. But uh, I would say, you know, try to find something that's real. Find a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu school. Find a Muay Thai school. Find a boxing school. Something like that. And nowadays you're going to find mixes. You know, most almost nobody's doing one style anymore. So, like, even for me, like, my school, like, our kids' program is a mix of karate and judo. So they're getting striking and grappling. Okay. Then for adults, we have we have a Muay Thai class. It's just striking. We have a jiu-jitsu class. It's just jiu-jitsu. Uh, we have a boxing class because we can end up, we, we find more boxing matches than we can Muay Thai matches. It's hard to find Muay Thai matches. And then we have a class called Krav Maga. That's our self-defense class. That's Israeli special forces, right? Well, it's Israeli martial arts, but here's the deal. It's like every Krav Maga school is going to be different. Um, 
it's been so, uh, you know, uh, plagiarized. I mean, I don't want to play, but it's been so sold out and stuff like that. I mean, so monetized. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, um, and there's all this, you know, everybody's in, even within our with our old school, right? So we're K-pop crowd maga. So my teacher was uh, Avi Nardia was uh, Israeli special forces. Super awesome guy, super knowledgeable guy, um, and a uh, super nice guy. And he's like, he's like, oh yeah, we do seminars, this and that. I'm a nice guy. He goes, but once I do camp, I'll be an asshole. <laughs> but but you need that. You know, because then <laughs> it's do. then it's about building mental toughness. But um, so you know, so where where do you start with stuff? And, and it's hard because I don't know what's available in your area. But I would say the, the other things is like you know. There's things you don't need to work on. Like I tell people, you know, start with boxing. You know, and they're like, why? I go, well, it's a real art. And they're like, well, what about Muay Thai? Because it's got knees, elbows, and kicks. Okay, but that's more things to learn. And that means your time is spread out over different things. I go, get good at boxing. Because if it's just these two things, right, and then you're, you know, learning how to move and block, stuff like that, it's a, it's a good world. It's a small world. It's easier to get good at that. Then you see Muay Thai is like your expansion set. So, like, the way I teach our Krav Maga class, I don't teach self-defense and just throw it all in one, one thing. Because, what you know, self-defense is all kinds of things. Plus, a lot of people are trying to push that self-defense is just a legal term. And, like, it's not just a legal term. You know, when people go to defend themselves, it's called, you know, want to learn how to defend themselves, it's called self-defense. But they want to re-educate the public that self-defense is just the legal term. Um, and, and that's another thing you got to look for in your training, because... There's, there's, there's three parts to a fight. The first part is you versus you. You're nervous, you're froze, someone's hitting you and you're like, wait, stop, what happened? Right? You're not in the fight yet because you're a good person, right? So you're trying to talk your way out of this or whatever, right? The next fight is you versus the bad guy. There's every martial arts school. The next is you versus the legal system. And depending on what state you're in, you could be really fucked. So, um, I'm in one of the worst. Yeah, and I'm in and I'm in one of the worst. I'm in Massachusetts, so that's one of the worst. So I'll give you an example. Should you take Brazilian Jiu Jitsu to for self defense or some form of grappling, whether it's Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, Judo, or catch wrestling, right? Absolutely. But here's the deal. So let's say you take Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. That's your only art. And you get in a street fight. How does this fight end? Me. Well Brazilian Jiu Jitsu is great in a fight, so you took the guy down and you won the fight. But how did it end? Because what are, what are the ways you end a fight in jiu-jitsu, do you know? Chokeholds, arm bars. Chokeholds, arm bars. So you got a straight arm lock or bent arm bar. Chokehold is illegal in New York State. Right. Well, you have to show that it was... So it's considered lethal force. Yes. Okay. Which is against I, I, think, I think that's a total fucking mistake. Anything could mistake. be lethal if done wrong or right. correct. Right. And I think things are going to change because we're coming into a more wussified society. I'm thinking that there's going to be a day, maybe 10 years down the road, where even punching somebody in the head, because all we know about concussions now, they're going to say punching somebody has lethal force. So here's the, I think it's a mistake that chokeholds are that thing. So let's say you're in a fight, and you do a chokehold on the guy. Okay, now you're going to jail for, for lethal force, okay? It's really hard to justify lethal force when you're behind somebody, too, okay? So what are the other ways? So you put him in arm lock, okay? Guy taps, you give up. He doesn't you know. Most some people don't know to tap. To tap, right? So here's the deal. Even if the person taps, you gonna let him go? I mean, you couldn't trust this person a minute ago to talk him out of not doing a fight, right? Hopefully, you're trying to not get in fights, right? Mm -hmm. So they're already stupid enough to do that. I'm not gonna trust them. Let him go. 
What are you going to do? you going to break his arm? Because now he's got to go to the hospital. Right. Like, that looks bad in court. And they got a felony assault Right, you got a guy coming in with a cast in his arm. What happened? Oh, I got in a fight. He broke my bones. He broke, you know, that looks bad in court. I think chokeholds should be allowed. And one of the things they tell people is, sometimes it's not just what you do, but how you articulate it. Because for me, I think chokeholds are a very nice way to end a fight without hurting somebody. Because um, they just kind of go... We call it going to sleep, but they're not going to sleep. They lose consciousness, right? Um, as opposed to hitting them, right? But you got to do it right. So one of the things, uh, I haven't been in there, and um, I, I haven't been to court for this, but if, if, I, if it did, and I used a chokehold on somebody, how do you articulate it in the law? I would say, well, one, these are actually so safe that they're done in youth sports. You can choke in judo in youth program. You can choke in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Okay, you can do a chokehold. Okay. You can do it in high school wrestling. I don't know. You, you have, like if you do like a, like a, a rear naked choke, the arm has to be up with the head. You can't just do the neck; it has to be the arm. Okay, up. so, so it's you still have the arm and it's neck. still suppressing okay. the breathing. So now for nothing, I think that arm and head, some of those positions, I think are actually more dangerous for the neck. Yeah, it could cause a because lot of you, neck damage. Right, you have, right. As where if you're just squeezing, so I tell guys, don't call it a choke. Call it a lateral vascular neck restraint is one of the things you're talking about, you right? Clarify that, but you have wants. to clarify. <laughs> but you have to talk about what that is, because the reason it's banned is because people have gotten hurt. Um, somebody did the choke wrong, and their their forearm was on the guy's windpipe, crushed his windpipe, and the guy died. Uh, one other one, the guy was face down, and he tried to grab it like upside down, like the guy's face down, and he did this, and uh, the guy broke his neck getting out of it. Right, so. One of the things I gotta say is you gotta be on the carotids, not on his windpipe, and that the flat of his back is against the flat of your chest. You know, that you have the shoulders controlled, maybe your legs are around even to control his hips. That not only am I not gonna hurt him, but he's not gonna hurt himself hurt escaping. Himself. Right? Because a lot of times, like some of the stuff that's legal is like, why did you do what you did? You know? Um and, and like you know, like I said, and in my state, like doing martial arts. Um, you know, if I if I get in a fight, I'm going to be held to a higher standard because right? you're an instructor, right? Because they're going to be like, "Oh, you should have been able to know, you know, do some little touch or something and take him down with like, some <laughs> little force. touch." And it sucks because I'm human too. The demock does not exist. Yeah. I get I get scared. <laughs> I can get hurt. You know, it's just uh, um, it's tough. So there's all that legal stuff. But I would say, like, you know, where should you start? Learn learn boxing or grappling. All right, you want that base, and even with the grappling, like what I did today, you don't need, you don't need submissions, you don't need advanced scary stuff. I mean, I don't say scary stuff, but advanced fancy stuff. You have people going, oh, I want to do bear and bullet rolls and Delaheva guard and spider guard and all this stuff like that. I'm like, you know, or, and encounters to this. And I'm like, Jimmy the crackhead doesn't do bear and bullet rolls. You know, like you need, you should. One of the things is you want it when you prioritize your training, you, you know, you can study violence on your own. Or you can talk to people like us who've studied violence. Um, one of my friends uh, is probably one of the most famous uh, self-defense guys in the world now. A guy named Rory Miller um, did all this stuff, but specifically, um, his first book, Meditations on Violence, it's awesome. Not a single how-to move in the whole book. It's about understanding violence because you see people training. Like, what are you training for? You know, like you see karate guys, you know, like when they're doing knives, right? They're like, okay, I do a lunge punch with the knife. And uh, it's like, nobody attacks you. I mean, what does a knife fight look like? Um, 
So you need to train for what happens most of the time. So study violence. I did not expect that to be a prop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me neither. Yeah, I just saw all these just happened to be the there. Table, That's know? fantastic. But uh, <laughs> um, you know, you have to study. You know what happens most of the time because you want to just you you don't have time to train everything, right? So are, are arm bars and all that stuff effective? Yep. I would say learn arm bars and all chokes and all that stuff so you can learn how to escape them. But as far as your jujitsu goes, you should learn how to fall. Um, we have something called the kickstand and the quickstand, like how to get back up to your feet real quick. And we have escapes from positions. You need, you know, what are the positions that happen on the street? The mount, somebody's sitting on your chest. Rear mount, somebody's on your back. Um, there's a few different types of side controls. Guys got you in a headlock or the underhook or a crossbody. There's the guard, right? Is the top and bottom. Uh, backpack is the guy behind you. Like, learn escapes from, learn two or three escapes from these positions. So you can get back up to your feet and do your striking, you know. Um, plus, grappling's not always the best place to be on the ground. Um, you know, so many people say, oh, I would never grapple in a fight. And I said, well, I might, but it all depends. They're like, why? Are my friends going to show up first? Then maybe I want to grapple with this guy. Um, do we not want to hurt the guy? You know, is this, uh, well, Uncle Mark had a little too much to drink at the family picnic and you know you don't want to elbow him in the face because grandma's there you know so you, you you wrestle you know you grapple people so you don't have to hit them um so learn your boxing learn at least that much of the grappling that you're learning and even what is the grappling like for stand-up what are some of the common stand-up holds because people aren't going to do you know all these crazy aikido locks and have keto locks standing locks and stuff like that what are they going to grab you on the street they're going to grab your headlock, headlock punching, bear hug from the front or the back. Either your arms are trapped, your arms are free. Full Nelson, wrist grabs. That's most of it. Yeah, very rarely does somebody like shoot, do a single leg takedown right. in the street. Right, and, and here's the deal. And if they do, there's a good chance they'll blow their knee on it. So there was a famous hey, MMA man, guy would. who got into a real street fight, and it lasted as long as one shoot. He shot in on the guy, and he blew his knee out on the sidewalk. You know, so that's another thing is like, Story sounds strangely familiar. <laughs> yeah, but who's your, uh, you know, like when you when you think about that, it's like, does your art really work on the street? And I wasn't trying to knock Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I was just saying, like, how's that fight end? You know, and and I don't like the that that single and double leg takedown works great on a mat. You're doing that on a sidewalk, you're gonna blow your knee out. Um, but there's some great judo throws. One of my one of the things I don't like about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is they took out all the they don't do the judo throws. Some schools do, and some schools are doing more. But before, they were just about doing single and double leg wrestling takedowns. Um, so learn your boxing, learn that basic jujitsu. Everything after that ends up being an expansion set. <clears throat> and that means, you know, so like even my school, when I teach the Krav Maga, one month, my, one month might be boxing. Every month I focus on a different topic. Next month might be jujitsu. Next month might be how to fight with a knife. Next might be how to fight with a stick. Next month might be how to fight against a knife or how to use a gun or how to take guns away. Um, we might do kicking. And the first kicking is going to be all low-level kicking. You know, we might do some Muay Thai kicks, but it's, you know, we're not going to kick high yet. And then we'll do clinch. We'll do Muay Thai clinch for a month. We'll learn elbows for a month. And then you put it into your game for a flow. But I always bring it back. There's never four months that goes by that we haven't done boxing or jiu-jitsu. So, we'll, like I said, we'll do boxing, jiu-jitsu, something, something, boxing. 
something something jujitsu, something something boxing. You should have a, it's like a core. Right. That needs to be your core of stuff. You know. The majority um, of your fights can be right. maintained and, and, and there. Don't say you know it. You might know it. how good are you at it. So even if you say okay boxing, okay, well there's jab, cross, hook, uppercut, overhand. Okay. And now you know boxing. Go fight for two hundred million dollars. That's what Mayweather gets. I mean, how good are you at yeah, those say, moves? That's a huge comparison difference to not. <laughs> right, right. But that's the thing. It's like there's a reason he gets twenty million. Sometimes, sometimes less is more because you can get good at it. So, and then when you start talking about self-defense, that you've got punching and grappling and kicking and knees and elbows, and then all, all your things about grappling. You have your offense and your defense and arm bars and chokeholds and leg locks, and then you've got. Using a knife, defense against a knife, stick against the stick, gun, improvised weapons, multiple opponents, all these things. If you spread all your training out like that, you're not going to get good at anything. You've got to focus on some things that are going to carry you into all those other areas. So your, your years of experience is where all these things, you've learned these over time. It's not like you did, right. I want to learn self-defense, I'm going to go on all of this at once. Right. You learned And, and another thing, thing is, uh, you know, not, not, I don't want to sound like I'm bragging, but... It's real. I mean, it's real that I've done it in a ring, and I, and I I was a bad kid. I got into lots of fights. I used to, I mean, when I first moved to Boston, I mean, what was a good weekend for me was to go out and, you know, go out with my friends, have a beer, loosen up a little bit, get into a fight, have some more beers, find some girl to take home. I mean, that was that was, that was was a good weekend, right? I mean, gee, I mean, I got, you know, I, 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 I got into a fight, I won, I got, you know, had a, you know, I got to drink and got late. You know, that's, I mean, what else do you want to do when you're 23 years old, you know? Um, and, and luckily for me, cameras weren't everywhere, you know? So that's another thing you got to think of nowadays, man. You get into a fight. The cell phones, the cameras, the... I have a kid who trains with me who's, uh, his parents are really good people. They're well off, smart, well-educated kid going to college. He has a really good future, but he wanted to test some stuff out and he went and got into some fights at school. And I'm like, dude, you ever run for office someday or something like that? Oh, hey, here's a video with so-and-so, you know, getting off. That looks really bad. And the Internet never forgets, you know, so. Exactly. Um, it's a dangerous, dangerous thing. It's a good and bad tool. Looking back, if there was one art um, that I wish I had done more of, I wish I had done yoga more. Because now I'm older and stuff hurts and, you know, and, and like even I did this seminar and I'm like limping because, you know, I... I, I had a surgery, and then I did too much too soon, and now I've got all kinds of tight stuff and scar tissue I'm trying to get rid of, and I'm like, you know, if I'd done yoga, my game would have been... It's the longevity of whatever it is you're going to do. I would people doing something. And you just started doing some of the... Uh, I started doing uh, the Diamond Dallas Page Yoga. Yeah, yeah the DDP. Yeah, that's what I started the DDP yoga. I, I, I'm down... 30, almost 40 pounds from that easily. Cool. And it's not even like, if you if you do fail a little bit, as long as you don't wreck your diet, you can still maintain your weight. So, it's not like you it's have like to go... I tell people, you can't exercise your way out of a shitty diet. No, you have to eat healthier. We do, like I said, we, you know, we, have, that, we, we have, have We have pizza We have the, the pizza, table. we call it fatter day here. We only <laughs> eat junk. And the rest of the week is like almost no carbs. Yeah. A lot of, you know, your protein meats, your, yeah. your fish, your chicken, your steak... As healthy as you can get it, grill it if you can, olive oil. You know, I've made a total right. life change. You can I, still I have eat. this maybe once a month just because uh, I run a kid's program. So sometimes we're doing, uh, we'll do Nerf night 
or we'll, it'll be some kid's birthday party and we get pizza, so I have some pizza. Yeah. But I don't drink. Now, so I wanted to bring that up a little bit. Um, I know you do a lot of stuff for the kids. I don't uh, like. I know it's a nonprofit. Some of it, right? Yep. Kick stands. Kick stands for Karate Inspired City Kids. Now I know you were helped when yep. you began. Yep. Um, poor household. Yep. Grew up poor, single single mom who uh, decided to be even poorer. That she just. Uh, I, I love my mom because she's mom, but she worked harder to beat the system than it would have taken to just go get a fucking job and mm -hmm. try to pull her own weight. But you had somebody who like helped you. When you were starting. Yep. So my uh, my aunt got me as a Christmas gift a three-month thing for a local karate school. And I did it. And uh, so then when karate was over, you know, I, I quit. When that three-month thing was up, I quit. And they were doing that to kind of fish for, you know, try this for three months and then you get it, you know, maybe you'll sign up to try to get new students on it. And I'm in a store maybe a month and a half later or something, and I see the teacher in the store, and he's like, hey, what happened to you? I thought you liked karate. I go, I did. And he goes, well, why aren't you doing it? And I'm like, my family doesn't have money for stuff like that. He goes, is that the only reason? I'm like, yeah, why? Like, like I'm thinking he's going to pick on me. Like, you're you're getting defensive because you think right. he's making fun of you. Because I grew up with that. I grew up with getting laughed at for my shoes and the clothes I wear and stuff like that. You know, it's just it just sucked growing up poor. I hated Christmas. Um, because you go back to school and everyone's talking about what they got. What did you get? Well, we got socks. <laughs> you, know, and, uh, you know, so Christmas, you know, all that stuff just kind of sucked, right? But um, in, the, in the end, it makes, it makes you tough. It's, it's good. I look at a lot of the kids who I, who I wish I had their life growing up, and their life sucks now. So it, yeah. makes, it makes you tough, and it makes you go after stuff. When I see the kids from high school still working at the ice cream parlor at 30-something yeah. years old. Yeah. <laughs> some kids who I looked at, I'm like, man, I wish I would, like the kids who I, some of the kids who I admired their life in high school, I'm like, well, they're alcoholics now, or they're prescription drug addicts, or they're dead, or they're just, you know, I mean, their life just sucks. Um, so, in the end, you know, it, it makes you tough, those, those hard times make you tough. But, um, so, uh, that teacher, and uh, Mr. Clary, all, all my books and videos, I mentioned Mr. Clary, I dedicate everything I do to him, because if it wasn't for him, I'd probably be dead or in jail today. Um, he let me work it up. So, was, you know, he's like, yep, come in here early. Yep, you're going to clean up. You're going to sweep the floor, mop the floor, take out all the equipment. At the end of the night, you're going to put all the equipment away, sweep and mop the floor again. And, you know, any splitting other... Splitting wood. Yeah, splitting wood, painting the place, whatever it was. And... Um, he was the Mr. Miyagi. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but he, uh, um, you know, it, it just gave me a great opportunity. And he said, you know, like... You miss a day. And, uh, I mean, I had a perfect attendance all the way to black belt. This is what, like, inspired you yeah. to do this yeah, for what you One of the reasons do. I, and something else I tell people is, like, nobody stays in this for the reason they join. Like, people want, oh, so why do you start martial art? Well, I want to learn how to defend myself. Oh, there's a bully. I live in a bad neighborhood. Oh, I want to get in shape. I want to lose some weight. Nobody stays in it. I mean, even my wife's fitness kickboxing class, it's somewhat martial art, but not really martial art. Even then, they're like, oh, my God, this changed my life. You know, and, and, it, and it's, it's their tribe now. I mean, not only, you know, you, you have that tribe feel, but it will. It'll change your life. Um, you know, it, it just, there were things that I could do in karate that's like, I don't care how much money your parents have. You can't kick like this and punch like this. Because I worked for it. And I earned it. It's mine. And it just gave me a good, uh, a, a good, a better self-image about myself because I had a 
self-image before, you know, it just, uh, Mr. Claire was my first, you know, positive male role model. Um, you know, and then when I moved to Boston, you know, I'm living in the projects, I'm in, uh, you know, and uh, the first school I, I, I got, found a place to teach at, I was calling all these YMCA's because they used to teach at a Y. And I found a YMCA, didn't have a karate program, and I went over there, it's a really bad part of town called Chelsea. Um, long before there was such a thing called Sanctuary Cities, it was a sanctuary city. Um, so a, a large, mostly Hispanic community out there, but um, there's a lot of trouble. On, uh, and it's not to pick on Hispanic people, but anytime you get a new group of people coming here, they don't have a lot. Poverty causes crime, right? Because people are desperate. That's a known yeah. fact. Poverty causes right. crime. Doesn't right. matter what race it is. Right. Right. Poverty Cause, causes cause crime. Because you're, you're in a desperate situation, you're going to do desperate things. Um, so there's a lot of a lot of crime in that neighborhood, especially back in the '90s and you know, late '80s when I was there. But uh, you know, the very first uh, th when I was going to do that, there was one kid who was there. You know, I hadn't even started the class yet. He said, "Oh man, I'm going to do karate. I'm going to do this and that." I'm like, yeah, okay, we start. You know, next week. And as soon as he left, the guy runs and goes, "Hey, don't waste your time with that kid. He's a loser. His families are all losers. They don't have money for this stuff anyway." And I was like, you know something? Neither did I. This fixes people. So I'm thinking, yeah, I'm going to let this kid have it for free. And, um, you know, that was the thing, man. I wasn't making any money teaching karate because, you know, less than half of the people, I mean, adults had to pay for it. Like, you're an adult, you got to do your own thing. But mo I had a bunch of kids who were free. Because um, I just, I, how can I say no to some other kid when I saw how much it helped me? Mm -hmm. And then uh, I was doing that for years. I mean, probably uh, over a decade. And then... Uh, I had an adult in my karate class who went to go watch a karate tournament. I take my kids, and uh, something else was, uh, right now I teach out in the suburbs. Kids take the class, and most of the parents sit down and watch. But for, I don't know, 12, 15 years of teaching in the projects and bad areas and stuff, I almost met none of these parents. I met like four. Is these kids are coming to make sure you wonder where they are, why these kids are on their right, own. I mean, right. you're and in a major city that has a huge crime level. Yeah, and they're leaving late at night by themselves and their kids. Also, we go to tournaments. They're going to meet me at the train station. I got kids who are seven, eight years old. They're going to, their parents are going to let them meet me at the subway station. We go to the tournament all day. They don't get money for food or nothing like that. And then wow. we get home late at night. I'm at the train station. They go home by themselves from there. I can't walk everybody home. Some of those train stations are scary. Yeah, we're talking... As an adult, they're scary. Chelsea was a bus, bus ride. But um, the other place I was teaching in Roxbury. And Roxbury was... You I've know, been for, there. That's not yeah, a that's, nice area. Yeah, it, it's funny. It used to be really bad, and then it got good, and then it got bad again with the heroin thing. So uh, it's a different type of crime now than when I was there. But, um, but I never met most of these parents. And when I did, it was usually not a good thing. They were really usually jerk abusive parents but um so anyway i got all these kids who are doing it for free and we go to a tournament one time and so we got to we go there i sign up all the kids and i'm paying she goes did you just pay for all these kids i'm like yeah she said, why i go i don't have any fucking money you live <laughs> in the projects i mean they're just you know so like and they're like she goes you need to be a non-profit i'm like I'm as nonprofit as good. So I'll make a fucking dime. It costs me money to teach. <laughs> and she goes, No, there's a thing called a nonprofit, and you need to learn what that is. And uh, and we hired a lawyer to do it because it's all this legal work, and, and she couldn't do it. 
And then she like gave us all the paperwork back and didn't give us our money. And I'm like, you need a, we need our money back. We paid you for a job. And she goes, well, my time's worth something. I'm like, well, I don't care what time. We didn't pay by now. We paid you for a job. Yeah, we'll get a lawyer. Huh. Yeah, right? And it turns out one of our other kids who was a paying kid, his mom is a lawyer. <laughs> and, like, and a big shot lawyer for a big law firm. So she made a phone call, and that lady came down the next day with a check and an apology, right? <laughs> and she said, look, we're going to give you somebody pro bono to help you make this, you know, nonprofit thing. And uh, since then, we've been kicked, Karate Inspire City Kids. And, and they uh, help raise some money. Like, uh, I know they kick a thon. Right. They do that. Right. So we do, we do fundraisers. Like, uh, our big one like, is the kick-a-thon that... All the kids, you know, not every not every kid has to do it. If, if they're on a scholarship, they have to do it. So not every kid we have is on a scholarship. Most of our most of our kids pay, um, but some of them are on. Um, and I try not to do full scholarships anymore, because when people get stuff for free, they don't care about it. They need some skin in the game. So I I try to get to do a half scholarship, you know. But uh, so anyway, the kids will do a kickathon and they'll have a pledge seat. Let's say somebody's going to give them a picnic kick. That kid's going to do a thousand kicks per person in ten bucks. But you know, kids are doing all these, you know, trying to get as many people as they can. And so every year we do the kickathon, and then whatever money we have from that, we know we have that much scholarship money. And even then, no matter how much scholarship money we have, we always go over. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, I, I I recently had a kid who was in there, and his mom was. Um, we had a we had a jujitsu camp couple of weeks ago during school vacation she's like yeah i'd love for them to do it she's we don't have any money she's working you know at some you know uh, walmart type place and stuff like that you don't have any money and her kids get really bullied in school and you know his grades are dropping and stuff like that and we're like yeah you know i talked to jess let's let him in for camp for free let's give her the scholarship thing okay and she's and we don't have any scholarship money but i don't care like like we're, we're paying our rent and this is one of, this sounds like one of the places where we need it Right, like somebody who needs it, so I'm gonna give it to him whether we have it or not. And then uh, the kid didn't show up all week. He didn't show up for any of the camp. Didn't come up to any of the classes. And then I talked to him. I come back. Hey, why aren't you here? I didn't feel like it. What do you mean you didn't feel like it? Uh, I didn't feel like doing it, so I didn't do it. Like that. I'm like, oh, I thought you had a bully in school. Yeah, I did. And I go, well, now I'm thinking it's not a big deal. He goes, it's not. Oh, really? Why is that? He goes, because I took care of it. Oh, you did? Yeah. Um, last I checked, things got so bad that the police had to get involved and he got a restraining order. So you did not take care of jack shit. And you're not going to take care of all your problems by calling 911 and getting a piece of paper. Because not for nothing. law-abiding citizens abide by the law. Right, right. So now, one, that, that could really piss that guy off and he can go beat you up or his friends can go, hey, you got a restraining order on our friend. But we don't. But we don't. <laughs> right. So, you know, you can get beat up with that. But just because of his attitude with it, I'm thinking he doesn't want it. I mean, because I, I, well, I want somebody who wants to be there. If you don't want to be there, I'm not going to give you a, a space that could be a paying student that helps us pay our rent and offer scholarships for kids who want to be there, you know. Um, but uh, we do that. We do some other stuff like um, one, uh, one of the karate moms. Um, I like how you call them karate moms. Yeah, we call them karate moms, right? And uh, <laughs> she's going to have a birthday party there. I'm going to teach a salsa class. 
and uh, and all the and she's going to donate. And she wants the funds donated to a program. I've heard you're a great salsa teacher. I, I, I uh, well, I was told I was a good salsa teacher, and uh, it's cool for me because I'm not. So we had we had a salsa class, and we we advertised it, and it was mostly my students, but I had this one other couple come in, and at the end I go, so how'd you like it? Like, oh, this was great. It's way better than the other dance studio we went to. I go and ask them, what, what about what? What do you mean? And like, well, we went to this other place, and it wasn't very good. And I'm like, but that was a legit dance studio, right? And they're like, yeah, I go, because we're not. I mean, this is a karate school. And, and I'm not a dance studio, but, you know, I've taught movement for so long. And, and that's the thing, like, how to break it down. And uh, not for nothing, uh, uh, for anybody who does salsa footwork, anybody who does salsa or anybody who does Filipino martial art footwork, it's pretty much the exact same thing. Like, there's <laughs> just, there's a little bit of hip, it's, it's the same as the Filipino Stick fighting footwork, we call it male female triangle. It's the same thing with just a little hip movement. Um, and one of the things we say was, uh, I Bruce Lee said it at first actually, was that good dancers make good fighters because they understand rhythm and they know how to lead. Um, so one of the things I tell people is like, you should learn to dance. You know, and they're like, are, are like a, so three dances I tell people they should work on salsa. Pop and lock, remember the whole... And like belly that? dancing. Nope, uh, and the robot. <laughs> the robot. The robot. So for me, I had a teacher years ago that in order to train with him, you had to take three months of belly dancing and three months of hula. <laughs> and, uh, but, but not for nothing, but it, it taught you all this little little movement. Because a lot of people act like they're a mannequin. They, they act like the robot too much. And they're not, they're not flexible through here. And... Um, it was great. I mean, and uh, that also teaches you how to throw your body into yeah, things, right? And uh, man, our our belly dance teacher was uh, she was gorgeous. He would definitely worked out. Oh yeah. Dance. But uh, <laughs> and then uh, and then we had the hula thing. I'm thinking, oh wow, gorgeous Polynesian chick. No, 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 no. no. Oh, so was this a <laughs> she's like five two five three three hundred pounds does not know what soap and water is and, uh, but she was awesome and she was an awesome martial artist but uh yeah you can't pretty. always judge a book by their cover yeah well she was just not pretty to you look at smell so. it by the bent pages yeah 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 that was uh it was definitely a far cry from the other one now you also do um See, uh, I've seen your videos where you have uh, the adaptive class, is what you call it. Right. So, and a lot of times I'll put adaptive class up on Facebook, and people go, oh, what's the adaptive class? Like, you're adapting to these situations. No, it's actually the new PC thing for special needs. I don't know why you need to change the name for it. Everybody knew what special needs was, and apparently and it's that not has, inappropriate, in my eyes. Right. I mean... Um, you know, using the word retard, that's that's inappropriate. Yes, that's inappropriate. Right. Um, but, uh, but you know, you say special needs, okay, they understand that. And now people, oh, no, we don't say special needs anymore, say adapt. You know, you're just, here's what's going to happen. In 5, 10, 20 years, whatever, adaptive's going to be, oh, we don't use that word anymore. People, oh, what a shame, they have an extra 21st chromosome. Right, right. It's just, you know, it's going to have the same meaning as whatever special needs meant. So I have this special needs adaptive class. Um, um, during the day, I have adults, and uh, and they have a wide 
they're on a wide spectrum of how, of, I mean, they have to be somewhat high functioning to do it, but they have some people who can't do much, but they love it. I've yeah. seen the one girl you said she wouldn't even talk coming into yeah. your class, and then you see her in her video doing the kata on your uh, yeah. site, and she just belting it out, and, and the, the, her movement was incredible. I, I gotta tell you, it's, it's really one of the other things for karate for me, like, you know, I say it changes your life, but once you start teaching, it changes your life in other ways, because now you get to see other people's life change, and you get to be a part of that. That, um, so give me an example. We had a, you know, a comment on here. It says, uh, I don't know if you think like uh, the same as me, Jeff, but the girls t uh, I teach pick up movement quicker because of dancing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because you get girls who have like backgrounds in gymnastics and ballet and stuff like that, so they're already flexible and stuff like that. And one of my, uh, I'm going to make kind of a, a mildly sexist claim here. It's not always, but in general, girls make good students. And boys make good monkeys. Sometimes you have girls who are monkeys, and sometimes you have boys who are good students, right? And I've been saying this for like 25 years. And I said it one time in class. I'm like, uh, you know, um, you know, girls make good students, boys make good monkeys. And this one's mom watching her boy just be a monkey, right? And she goes, so when do they outgrow that? And I go, if you're lucky, around age 40. <laughs> and the dad goes, dude, I'm right here. And I look at her, I go, am I wrong? She <laughs> just and, uh, but uh, like once you start teaching it's different because now like I said this stuff will change your life and now you get to be a part of something that changes people's lives I can't I've lost count of how many people tell me how much it changed their lives but when it comes to that that adaptive class special needs class we did one for kids and we had uh, we had a group of teenagers that all came in and one girl uh, on top of all her other things, was uh, she's nonverbal. She just doesn't speak. Um, she spoke when she was younger, and then uh, she stopped. People think something happened. Somebody in the family touched her. But who knows? And then uh, mom had another sibling. And mom had another child. And uh, mom would hear her talking to the little sister in whispers. She's like, okay, so you can still talk, right? And she got to the point where she was just talking with her mom. She started, you know, doing karate. And uh, she was doing really good in karate. Still, I mean, a couple of years. Still not talking. She goes to tournaments. And when the kids go to tournaments, they have to step up. And they're like, judges, my name is so-and-so. I'm from such and such school. My teacher is blah, blah, blah. And I'm going to do this kata. Right? And I, I come up to the judges and I go, look, this girl's nonverbal. I'm going to introduce her. So everybody knew her on the tournament circuit as the girl who doesn't speak, you know. So then, uh, you know, then uh, one day I, I get a phone call. Nobody's answering. Nobody's answering. Hello, 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 hello. My gosh, somebody butt And I could see it was the mom. My gosh, she must have butt dialed me. I hang up. They call back. I'm like, hello, 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 hello. And she's like, hi, sensei. I'm like, who's this? She's like, this is she. And I want to say her name. Yeah, class, right? But she says your name, and I'm like, like, oh, I'm like, oh my gosh, she's, but it's on the phone, so it's still pretty safe, right? Mm -hmm. And then, uh, but, uh, you know, because she gets nervous when you're, you know, up close and stuff. I tried to keep her on the phone as long as I could. I just yeah, kept asking the same question, because I just wanted to, like, keep her talking. And then, uh, then one day in class, she's pacing back and forth, really nervous and stuff like that. Or, you okay? She's just looking, and she's pacing. Something's wrong. I'm thinking she's going to... She's going to have to quit karate because she's looking like she's upset. 
And she walks up to me and she turns me around. She goes, I want to be a black belt someday. Dude, I just cried. I mean, it's just tears rolling down my face with something like that. And, um, and then she got to where she started talking in karate. And then she even went to the tournament and got uh, really loud. We're talking about aliens or not? Nah? Uh, sometimes you just get random, random stuff. questions. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, no, no alien kung fu. <laughs> but, um, yeah, she got to the point where she's talking in class and then being loud. And, like, plus, when you go out and say your stuff, and you, ah, you got a kiaki, I mean, spirit yell. So we go to this tournament, and I walk up to the judges, like, oh, we know, we know, we know. I go, well, you don't know. Because something might change today. And I go, Erin might speak today. But it's going to be a big deal for her, because she doesn't know any of these people. And a lot of the, uh, you know, nonverbal stuff comes, just anxiety. And they're out there. She belted it. She was out there super, I mean, louder than any other kids and stuff like that. And again, That's... I'm a big cry. People go, oh, you're karate tough guy no i'm a huge cry baby especially when it comes to my kids she's out there doing that i walk away and just i just get tears rolling down my face you know um you changed her life yeah yeah it's just um there's a, another one i wish i had this. i wish i saved this piece of paper um this mom brings this kid in and he's a scrawny little tiny he looks like he looked like a little stick figure he's so scrawny right mom goes yeah my kid he's born really premature so he's got fine motor skill, large motor skill problems. You know, he's going to be in physical and occupational therapy for the rest of his life. Uh, we thought maybe this would help. I go, yeah, jump in. And uh, I, he goes, she goes, you think you can do it? And I just look, do what you can, right? Just and uh, there's something they call the kata. You've seen the katas, right? Yeah. And most of the kids learn the kata in the first month or two. And it took him over a year to learn the kata. And um, but just. Okay. But you know, when we went to tournaments, he's like, okay, okay, I'm going He was like the school cheerleader. You know? <laughs> and then he finally got where, you know, he was going to, he's going to tournaments. And then uh, at the time, um, I had moved my school and I was teaching right across the street from my house. So I was over there all the time. But I would have him in there every Saturday, just getting hours of private lessons, just doing all kinds of monkey exercises. We, we got monkey exercises. It's all monkey muscles, body weight exercises, right? He got to the point he was going to tournaments and winning. And uh, one of the things they told him he would never do, right? And, uh, and he said, one time he's like, yeah, I'm going to go play the violin. I really hate when they do that to people. Tell them, you, this is what I want to do. You're never going to do that. Right. He didn't say he wanted to do it, but they were talking about, what, what do you mean fine motor skills? Well, you're never going to play the violin. I don't want to play the fucking violin. And he'll do it. I'll, I'll pay money for that. Because I want you to learn to play. Just because you were told not to. Yeah. I mean, when people... Just you were told you can't. Right. And one of the things I tell people, if people say they don't have discipline, I go, oh, you have discipline, all right. Think about all the times that you're being stubborn. You have so much fucking discipline for the stupid shit that you're stubborn about. If you could tap into that stubbornness and do it for something positive, now it's called discipline. <laughs> right? <laughs> but uh, he learned to play the violin enough to be able to play for a show. And then uh, one of the things that bummed me was he left us for basketball. But he, well, here's the deal. Big difference, but. The thing is, for me, is like, I got to see that as a win because now he's like the other kids and he can go play basketball on a team. You know, that's what something he wanted to do. Like, karate helped him get to there, you know. So it's not even about doing it. 
for the rest of your life. So even if it's a, if you're doing it for self-defense, do it for self-defense. If you're doing it to, to train, do it to train. If you're doing it to open yourself up, that's cool with you too. So he didn't do that for the rest of his life, but it changed his life for the rest of his yeah. life. Yeah. Right. So it's, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's... If it makes some sort of positive influence in someone's life, right. you've done your job. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it, 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 it's a good mark on your soul instead of a bad one. Yeah. It's funny. Years ago, I used to think, like, you know, because you know, some people, geez, you know, what did I do with my life? And, you know, so you say something like, you know, somebody like a police officer or somebody like that, and, like, they know they've helped. And stuff like that, and, it, and it's kind of cool to just go, yeah, I've helped, you know, like like I've had kids, you know, I, like <clears throat> so just over the summer, I had a kid who trained with me over 15 years ago, um, probably 18 years ago, he trained with me, and I get a message, hey, is this Sensei Jeff Berger from you know, from Roxbury, you know, karate school, and I was like. Yeah, and he's like, do you remember me? And I'm like, yeah, of course I remember you and stuff like that. And I'm like, what's going on? And he goes, well, here's the deal. You know, I, I went to school. I went to vocational school. I became a welder that's paying really well for me. He goes, and I'm getting married. And, you know, my wife saw where I grew up. And she's like, wow, it's really great. And he's like, well, you know, karate helped me. Stuff like that. And she's like, she was asking me, well, where's your karate teacher now? He's like, I don't know. She goes, you should look him up and just let him know how you're doing. And he did, I mean, dude, that was awesome for me to hear stuff like that, you know, like, um, and, uh, you know, here's, so here's a kid who made it out of the projects. He just, it, it, karate kept him busy. It gave him that self-control, that self-discipline. The, the, the discipline you learn. It's that, it, it definitely is a, if, if you ask any of my karate kids, what's the most important thing you learn in karate? They're going to say self-control, right? So they don't consider, they don't call it discipline. They call it self-control. Because a lot of people think of discipline as somebody punishing you. I said there's a difference between being disciplined right. and learning discipline. Right. Doing it for yourself. That you yes. make these promises to yourself and you're going to do them. Um, and that's another thing you got to do with this stuff. Like, when I say you make these promises to yourself and you got to do them, that, like I, I tell people, like, do you like it when people lie to you? No. Do you like it when people break their promises to you and stuff like that? Okay. How many times do we do it to ourselves? Hurt yourself. Right, right. So our, our own image of ourselves is somebody who doesn't keep our promises and lies to us sometimes. If you set a goal, with goal are to, goals are important. Right. But missing that goal can be devastating. Right. Well, and here's the deal. That's and that's where you re readjust. Right. So you say, okay, well I did this. Boom. Okay. Well, here's my goal. All right. I didn't get it the first time. All right. So now I got to. I what what why? What do I need to work on to get that? You don't give up on your goal. Because here's another problem. Like, I think goals are really important. Because, but they should be never ending. Right. They should. There should be never ending. So, like, one of the things like the karate is supposed to teach you is how to break down a goal. Okay. So you walk in your first day. You're a white belt, and your goal is black belt. Okay. That's that's out of sight. Okay. You break that down. Your first goal is yellow belt. Right. And then maybe orange. Then different schools, different colors. Our yeah. schools, yellow, orange, green, blue, brown, black. Right, so you have that. That's one of the whole reasons for the ranking system, is to break down a large goal into bite-sized pieces. So break your goals down into bite-sized pieces. But one of the things I tell people, one of the most important things for your goal setting, is don't quit because people think, oh, I made this goal and I'm going to have this straight ride to my goal. No, it's going to. Yes. And you have to be ready. You have to be mentally ready. You understand what I mean? Life happens. Life happens, and. 
you know, so something happens, it goes bad, whatever like that. So do whatever you need to do. You know, have your pity party, get angry, whatever, and, and then get back to doing it. You know, or just, you know, if you don't need anything, just get back to doing it. Um, I mean, here I, like, I know, like, here me being her. By the way, you, usually people pay hundreds for this. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, I know, you know, just even at this seminar, oh, where's so-and-so? Uh, well, they don't do any more because they got hurt. They, you know, they don't. Oh, yeah, he got, he got, he had this, so he doesn't do any more. That guy does this, like, one injury, and they're gone. I mean, I'm, uh, you know, I had my, uh, I had my cancer surgery. I was bugging my doctor to do it earlier, because I got asked to do this really important seminar. So, um, my first seminar, back in the '80s, was at something called Super Summer Seminars. And you got asked to do that recently. Yeah. So that was back in the 80s when I was a teenager, and I did it, and it hooked me in seminars. Because classes, the wise seminar hooked me. Um, you know, class is a lot of repetition of your basics. Every day you come in, you're kind of doing some of the same stuff, because you need to get better, 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 better at it. Seminars, you're going in and seeing somebody, somebody showing you their specialty. You know, they're just doing your tricks, you know, and maybe you like one or two things that they do, so now I add it to your game, right? So I just, I love seminars. And then um, I was at this math thing, and the guy who runs the Super Summer Seminar, hey, would you teach at my event? Like, yeah, man, that'd be great, because I started, so for, for me to be one of the people teaching on that, when that started me on the seminar thing, would be awesome. And then, you know, I found out that I had cancer, and I had to have surgery, and, uh, and I kept asking to have my surgery bumped up, because I wasn't going to be able to teach Super Summers. I didn't tell them yet about my surgery, you know. And they're like, hey, you want to go in like six weeks earlier? I'm like, oh, thank you. You know, but um, so even when I got home from that, I mean, I had lived with tubes in me for a couple of weeks, you know. And then uh, and I take those out, and I was still in pretty rough shape. I don't know if you know anybody's had prostate cancer or not. I mean, uh, it's, it's you have the tubes up there, and they take out some stuff. I mean, I'm literally wearing like I was wearing a pee pad for, you know, nine months. Um so I go That's got to be crazy. I know how you train and stuff. And so to be top peak physical condition at what? You yeah. know, you're 49, 50 years old. Dude, and, right at your power core. And then I, mean, I look like I had a C-section. It's, it's you know? ripped away from you like that. Yeah. You know, and uh, and they're like, look, you, know, you got to take it easy. And they didn't want me. They didn't <laughs> That's want me, not you. And they didn't want me driving. He's like, look, I don't want you driving, you know, no more than five minutes. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah. So three weeks later, when I'm still supposed to be driving five minutes, I drive six hours to go teach at this event and didn't tell anybody oh. what was going on. Even, uh, you used to when, get up every when morning did you like, fight? Did you know before I was having my surgery? Because I didn't tell my mom even until, no, until no, afterwards. No, I didn't know uh, you, you had warned me, kind of, but told me not to worry and it didn't tell me much. Yeah, because like, I didn't tell my mom until the day after. Yeah. And put it this way, like, um, my wife and I had bought a house and 10 days after we bought the house, is when I found out I had cancer. I didn't tell her for a year, okay? Um, because, you know, I didn't, I, you know, I didn't want to ruin her. You know, I wanted to give her some happily ever after time because I didn't know how much time I had, you know? But uh, turns out surgery was uh, the thing that I didn't know for a year, you know? Um, but yeah, you know, I got to teach on that and people still liked it. But, uh, but it was crazy for me because I was in a lot of pain and and not for nothing, dude. I was like I said, because right where that surgery is and having the catheter up there, 
I'm up there, cheating. I'm hoping this, like, this pad lasts me an you, hour. I'm you, hoping you, I don't you, piss I, myself in front of all I've people. seen you get up at like 4 a.m., go jog, go get a coffee. Yeah. I mean, you live a pretty healthy lifestyle. And then, how do you, like, that's got to be a slap in the face when you're doing all this healthy stuff working, yeah. and then, yeah. hey, you've got and, cancer. And here's the deal, like, <laughs> you're, and, and your, your mind is your own worst enemy with some stuff. And one of the things they tell people is, like, you, like, being positive in your brain is not your natural state. Left alone, your mind will, will flow to the negative, right, will shift to the negative. You've got to feed your head with positive stuff. So like, you know, we were talking about, you know, the, that podcast guy that you like, and, and I liked him too. Jocko? Oh. Love Jocko stuff. When I'm feeling down, feeling depressed, yeah. fire up a four-minute video by this guy, yeah. and you're, oh, you're ripping for the day. 5 a.m., you're ready to take on everything. Yeah. One of the things, uh, his, uh, I have his audio book, uh, Discipline Equals Freedom. Um, he had another, uh, Dichotomy of Leadership, I just got that one. And then there was the, the other leadership book he had. Extreme Leadership. Extreme Leadership. He's redoing that one now that some of the stuff's not black-filed now, too. And, oh, yeah, because on my trip here, I listened to uh, The Way of the Warrior Kid, and now I'm listening to Mark's Mission. I, I love Audible, so it's not like it's, you can get audiobooks on your phone or something like that. Jocko, if you ever listen to one of these by some oh weird chance, God. love you. You're yeah. a hero. So we, <laughs> at our school, we have an upstairs dojo. It's just empty space. And then downstairs... You know, it's kind of like my Kung Fu theme park. You know, we got weights and punching bags and Wing Chun dummies and all this other stuff. Your 37th chamber. The 37th chamber. <laughs> so uh, we're redoing that. You know, we're like painting and everything. And I want to put up some different martial art posters, Bruce Lee and stuff. But one of the things I kind of have up there is I got to get a picture of Jocko. Because um, anytime I start just feeling down or lazy or whatever like that, I'll, I'll listen to one of his things like, yep, that's the kick in the ass I needed. And it's not even, you don't need like hours of it. It's literally... A three to I'd say a seven minute video of his. Just right. look him up, and it's right. it'll but you change your feed your head with positive yes. shit. And that, but that every video starts with, this is what you're doing. This is bad. This is what you should be doing. This is where your mindset your mindset should be. This is what you need to do. This is what you need to change. I like how he does it. Like this is where you are. I know where you are. I know where you're coming from. This is where I need you to get you know, to. It's simple, but not easy. Yes. Because you gotta do he it. lets you know, he's like, this is not simple. This is not easy. It's a fight. It's an internal struggle. Yeah. There's, um, you don't want to get out of bed? Make yourself get there, out of there's bed. There's a song I've quoted on Facebook a bunch of times. I say it's the wisest song ever written. It's the most Zen or Taoist song ever written. Is um, Closer to Fine by the Indigo Girls. Listen, that's up. a weird reference just like, well, here's the, like <laughs> look up look up the song and look up the lyrics okay because one of them when i say your head always goes to the negative you got to feed yourself with the positive there's a line in there that says um, um darkness has a hunger that's insatiable and lightness has a call that's hard to hear you know it's so a easy good to get, line right there's there's because you were so and and here's the deal in the information age we're bombarded by even more negative shit you see you know, po political bullshit and all this violence and, and all this they crazy stuff. They feed you negativity and never see the good. Yeah, yeah, I mean, right, because the good doesn't sell, right? It's like I don't, you know, I have my news sources that I check, but I don't turn on TV to look for news. I tend to use BBC. They tend to be a little less biased. I have, you know, I, like I have a half dozen news sources. I'm not going to mention them, but, you mm -hmm. know, just, but, um, you know, just because I, I, want, I want something neutral. It wants, you know, and, and stuff's just not neutral. I want to know what happened. Don't tell me your version of the story. Tell me what happened. Yeah. If I want to know more, I'll research it. 
journalism is dead, dude. Everyone's doing their, you know, there's there's too much politics involved with journalism. That's a whole other episode. Yeah, but um, but you know, you just like I said, like I, I've always done uh, you know, try to, you know, read positive books. Um, you know, we have reading material for the kids. Way of the Peaceful Warrior. Way of the Peaceful Warrior. Amazing book. Yeah. Um, he gets the, sick of that too, doesn't he? He's like, I don't know, the guy sends the girl to visit him very, sends up the girl to visit him very little that he's like, we had some like attached to. It's been like almost 30 years since I read that book. It's been about 10 years for me. But he, honestly, like somebody bought me the book and I left it aside for a while, like they sent me a fucking book. Did I get it? Yeah. (laughs) yeah. Because one of the other ones I have all our kids read is um, uh, Jonathan Livingston Seagull. It's a real simple book. I've heard it, I've never read it. Yeah, read it. It's a real simple book. But it's really great for kids because one of the things it's just about, you know, being yourself and how hard that's going to be. And even uh, when I was young, I didn't look at these things like that. Right. Yeah, because we don't know. When I was young, I was like, "This is stupid." And you just throw it aside. Right. It's, and then you don't even look at it as the fact that this is somebody's story. They're trying to teach you something. Right. You just look at it as this is a really dumb and boring book. Right. And then when you get older, you appreciate what these people are teaching. Yeah. I, I did not like reading as a kid, and I was only reading, like, comic books. People were giving me, you know, really big, stupid books to read. Um, like, Treasure Island. I'm, I'm, I'm 10 years old, and you're giving me a book that's, you know, this thick with no fucking pictures in it. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, uh, <laughs> so I'm just reading comics, right? And then, uh, and then uh, I read The Hobbit. I love And the that Hobbit. was the book that got me addicted to books. Like... I was sad when that book ended and somebody goes, you know, there's three more books, right? And then I, you know, I dove into those. But then I was always looking for like, what's the next book? But there was a lot of books I'd start and I'm like, yeah, if you don't have me by like the first couple chapters, we're done. You know? Um, you know I like Tuesdays with Maury was one of my favorite Tuesdays books. Tuesdays was a good book. Loved yeah. that book. Yep. That's a sad book too, though. Yeah. But it's life lessons, you know? Yeah. Everybody's, everyone's going to, you know, pass away. But, um... Yeah, I mean, you know, just feed your head with positive stuff, whether it's books, and like I said, now audiobooks. I almost never listen to the radio. I listen to podcasts all day. Yeah. Like I said, I have Audible on my phone, and I have a bunch of books on CD. Um, another really good uh, book and uh, audio book to get <clears throat> is um, The Winning Mindset by Kevin Seaman. He's a, he's a martial artist. He bought guy. that for me as a guy yeah, doing I the jump that, on the front of the box. Yeah, I give that one to almost everybody I know. You know, like uh, as like a Christmas present or a birthday present, because that that book is like, it's like the, it's like taking the ten best self help books, rolling and just taking the what really works out of the highlighted reason. parts. <laughs> right, it's the highlight of the ten best self help books, and practical. It's not like you know new agey bullshit, because I'm not into hippy dippy stuff. No, you know, um, they need a book teaching young kids that it's not a now world. It's not a now world. Oh, because they want everything. Well, everything's now. They get, they get instant email. They get instant messages. They get, and then they get in the work field or in life, and they think, "Oh my God, I've been in this job for six months, and I haven't made the boss yet. I'm oh, yeah. failing. I need to go find something else to do." I, I have a friend who's uh, he's high up in a company, and this was 15 years ago. He goes, "Man, these kids now, it's unbelievable." Because like somebody will get a bonus, or they get a raise, and they're like, "I didn't get one." Well, for three it. Months. well, it's not fair. He wants to get more, and I doesn't, because he did more than you, you know. Um, the recent, so like you know, because we have the school and stuff. I'm on, you know, I'm on Facebook. So find me on Facebook, Coach Jeff Berger. Spells like cheeseburger. 
But um, spells like cheeseburger, and because uh, people are gonna look up B E R G E R. But uh, um, but anyway, I, you know, one of my students had said, uh, you know, uh, Facebook is. For, we were talking about advertising on Facebook, and we don't. And it doesn't really work too well for us, right? And somebody goes, that's because Facebook is for like old people. Like we all use Instagram. So I, I, you know, I started Instagram. And I had no idea how to use it. I'm actually, terrible at Instagram. I, I actually went and took a class. I just posted like, one yesterday, and you, you like, you, you commented on it or shared it or whatever on there. I'm terrible at remembering. Yeah. And in, in this digital world, everybody wants me to be on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Yeah, no. Um, and I'm like, I don't have time for all yeah, of this. All yeah, I'm just I'm, Facebook and Instagram. I'm not, not only because I have a per, I'm not a big, you know, this isn't my job. I don't have all and the my time. And my Instagram is totally the business page. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, with, the, with Facebook, I have my personal page. And even with people who send me friend requests who aren't really my friends, I'm like, yeah, hi, here's my school page. Yeah, that's Because my, my personal page is, you know, I got a lot of friends who are police and military. So they've got political opinions, and and, and I don't want to lose, like, you know, martial, I want to keep my martial arts stuff martial art. You know, I don't want to, you know, put any politics in that. But, um, but uh, I, so I go take this Instagram class, and I sit down, and I'm like, sit up, and I'm like, you know, because I don't know how good the teacher's going to be. The teacher looks pretty old. I'm going to wait. I'm going to sit down next to somebody young. <laughs> and this, this one girl sat down and she looked like she was in her 20s and just you know kind of like what's ever into popular is like, that you know, the trying... class you took where the guy had his name tag backwards no oh sorry no. <laughs> but, uh, but same place but not that class yeah yeah you have the name tag that you put out so the teacher could see it and he put it and I said like what you think you're gonna forget your own name pal <laughs> but I'm like she looks like she's into whatever's being popular I sat down next to her it was the right decision because I didn't learn shit from the teacher. The teacher, and I learned all kinds of stuff from her, you know. But uh, but yeah, and that's one of the things. And when I look at it, I go, "Why is this more popular?" I go, "Cause there's no there's no detail." Those are my pictures. This is a picture. This, this, is, a picture. picture. this is what's going on. That's yeah, it. Yeah, maybe maybe what's going on. Little things. And what's the other one that a uh, hashtag everything is that Twitter where you have to actually no, publish that it's with the app and then everything. So the pound sign. That's Instagram. Which, uh, yeah, it's Instagram. And, uh, I get them all confused. Twitter's at Joe. You know, like if I'm if I want to tag Joe Rogan, Elon Musk, it's got to be at Joe Rogan, at Elon Musk, at whoever. So think of those hashtags almost like a people. Like so, when you used to hashtag what groups of people, you want to right, send it right, to. Right, it's a group. Right, so and then it pops up with everybody who likes that group. So it's almost like a Facebook page. You know, that's right. actually good. now that you're that makes it so much. You told me that one little thing, it makes it and it makes so much more sense to me than like. I'm looking at it by myself, and I'm like, I don't know what to do with this app. Because that's all it is to me at that point. It's an app with a photo and my info. That's all it is to me when I download it. So without a teacher. Yep, so now it's funny because people go, oh, somebody's learning how to use Instagram. Because I'm like, you know, hashtag martial arts, hashtag motivational, hashtag karate, hashtag Muay Thai, hashtag jujitsu. You know, like, you know, just... uh, so it goes on all those things, you know. Hashtag Salem, Massachusetts. So people, everybody in Salem, Massachusetts, sees what we're doing. I went talking with a lady who's a PR rep for a bunch of people, and she's like, "What you should do is she's like, you make a file, and each file will have all your hashtags. And then when you post it, like if it's a like a show like this, like the martial arts, motivational, bam, you put it on there. If it's music, yeah. it's 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 metal music, yada yada yada. Because I see bam, people with hashtags like, you know, and then you just copy paste, you know, copy six, paste, yeah, six rows of hashtags, right? She's been a lot of help. I haven't had her on here yet. That's a future show. But, uh, <laughs> how is that, Scott? Any water, water? Oh, I love this. Guy. You want me to grab you a bottle of water? No. How about some of that? 
This is, yeah, black cherry water. You've got me hooked on these. Oh, yeah? The zero calorie. Yeah, or am I just drinking right out of this? You drink right out of that. Okay, cool. I'll even pour out a cup out of it. No one's ever actually seen Kayla. <laughs> she hides from the camera. <laughs> She's your better half. Yes, my better half. Yeah. I like Kayla because... Uh... She's a good girl. Yeah. She's, she let me do this. <laughs> this is a, honestly, this is where we hit the rough spot. It's usually around an hour and a half, hour 45. Okay. Well, I mean... Um... Hold on a second. What kind of... Uh... My favorite thing that I've, uh, I I've learned from you... Is that, I don't know if you're you're not really I don't know if you're an official teacher. The Systema stuff was a lot of fun to learn. So I did some of that for a while. I liked it. Um, I looked at it. Didn't take a lot of. My big thing being a big guy, I am not. I could probably build, as far as muscle goes. I am not good at cardio. I am just not good at cardio. Yeah. I don't like it. I, and I honestly, I don't want to do it. Because yeah, it's tough. So there's your discipline. Yeah, you it's do tough. Do I right. don't want to do the cardio. I don't mind walking. I don't want to run nowhere. I right. hate it. It hurts. It's. It, I don't like it. Right. It's hard right for now, me to I do. Say you're too heavy to run. You're gonna hurt your knees. Yeah, probably walk. Yeah, yeah it's a, it's a right. it's it's not a mean thing. It's a. I know I'm big. It does. It hurts the knees. It hurts the ankles. It hurts the feet. Walking is a. You know, go, we went on a hike. I did great till we went uphill. So, but like the Sistema wasn't a cardio style their classes will be because you're doing a lot of like body weight exercises and stuff it was one of the questions i was going to ask you was like that's more of a knowing how the body works though right you know like if i hit this it'll move this way if i hit that it'll move this way there was a lot of stuff i liked about sistema i got away from it because a lot of stuff i didn't like there was some some of the teachers just got very weird and culty and then uh you know if you go on there and you look up that you know, could be a russian to, thing too though. right if you go and look up uh <laughs> You know, Sistema, you'll see some cool stuff, and then you see some stuff that's just absolute bullshit. It's unnecessary. Right. Um, you don't need no, to be able to I break mean, a cinder block Magic energy is making people fall and, and stuff like that. But you can like, see that if you watch Tai Chi videos, too. Yeah, but it's crap. You know, um, the Tai Chi a lot of that's happening because they have a fear of the teacher, and they want to make the teacher look good. But, you know, there's just as much of crap with it. Like I said, it got kind of political for us. We're like, um, political. Like uh, one of the teachers, he would he'd do something, and you know sometimes it look it's so good it looks fake, right? And then he would explain the mechanics of why that works. And then we're like, he did something I'm like, well, work. And he goes, oh, because you know God lets it happen. And I'm like, like, like and he said, like, and I was like, oh no, we just became a, a religious cult. And then, <laughs> and then with that teacher, you could only go so far unless you became Russian Orthodox. I'm like, yeah, bye, I'm done. Really, they wanted you to like religion wise. Yeah, but but here's the deal now because of that guy, separation so many of martial arts and religion. Away, <laughs> right, there's so many people breaking away that the breakaways might actually save it, save its reputation. Because really, I've never heard of such a thing. Yeah, that's craziness. Yeah, but you know, you get a lot of martial art people that just end up really culty. Like you had mentioned knowing uh, what's in your area. Do you? I know you. You know somewhat of what's around here. Do you know, like, what, do you know any student or teachers you would recommend in this area that are still around? Um, yeah. I know Sensei Mike was still in the area at one point. Yeah, I don't know. Um, there's a guy. Frocky is still around. Frocky is, um, sort of. So, and he's is actually. kids now? He's actually teaching at a school that I was going to recommend. So, um, and 
So can I say their name? Because I'm saying something good about them. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So there's a guy who used to be in this area named Jeff Melander, who was a really good, you know, Cotta competitor. And then he moved away. I think he was down in Texas for like decades. Well, he recently moved back. And I think he's teaching in Clint's Falls or Queensbury. But uh, Jeff Melander's his name. And um, and now he's done other arts since he's been, been away. Um, but uh, he's a really good guy, professional guy. But Frocky is teaching at his place like one day a week. Um, I haven't looked around to see. I know I've seen a couple of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu signs. Yeah, we have a guy who uh, went to UFC. He was on the UFC show. Yeah. And, uh, dude, dude I, I have to show you a clip of this. He's got a guy. He's behind the guy in, like, an Indian-style type position. I don't know what the move's called. He's got his legs around him like this, and he's got the guy locked up. And he actually looks at the camera on the show and winks, like, I've got this. And then the judges scored him low. Dana himself is in the video walking away like, how the fuck did yeah. they score him as a loss? So he gave up and kind of went I, back home. I don't know who that is, but just because somebody's a good fighter... Doesn't mean there's a good teacher. Uh, I don't know if he'll mind. Uh, if he has a problem with it, he can contact me. His name is Matt Secor. Yeah. Really cool guy. Has a st uh, school. I heard the name, but I can't picture. I can't put a face to it. But and so I don't know. He's but a really just, good guy. Just because really somebody's a good fighter doesn't mean they're a good teacher. No, but like, some of your best teachers. He's just doing his BJJ. He's not mixing it with anything else. This is what I know. This is what I'm going to teach you. Kind of class. We do have a cardio kickbox, and the ladies around town seem to love it. Yeah, uh, Steve Nakua is still around. Yep, yep. Um, it's funny because uh, he was he at the seminar time. today, but I didn't see him while he was there. Somebody mentioned he was there today. Um, I know. Uh, My buddy Matt travels to California. He teaches him. at the end of uh, Maple Street, right? At the uh, there's a music hall there. Yep, yep, yep. Almost at the corner of Maple and Main. Um, so uh, you know. Somebody Murray, I don't know his last name, is at a Murray's Family Martial Arts place. Yeah, I don't know if you know him or not. But I mean, you know, your best bets are going to be boxing, Muay Thai, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. I've never seen a lot of boxing in this area. It's always, there was it's somebody a cardio kickboxing. In Glens Falls, yeah, that's not the same. There was somebody in Glens Falls, South Glens Falls, years ago, uh, a guy named uh, Timur Lazur. Uh, I know he's gone now, so I don't know who took up that boxing program, but he was a good. Uh, boxing coach. He was he was a father figure to a lot of lost uh, soul kids. One of Mike Tyson's old coaches used to teach in Warrensburg years ago. He's gone. Is that Customato? I'm not sure. He owned a, he ended up opening a hotel, and that was like his big thing. He would brag to everybody. Had pictures of him and Mike Tyson together, yeah. and had a boxing ring in the basement of the hotel. Yeah. But uh, you know, to get those real arts, well, there's other people that teach you, you know, all this crap and stuff like that, and then you get in a fight and you can't. If worst case scenario, the why is probably not a bad, too bad of a place to start. Right. Usually something's better than nothing. Mm -hmm. And, um, but, uh, one of, the, one of the things I say is that, uh, you know, shitty martial arts instructors have a safety net. People go, what's that? I go, dead students don't write bad reviews. Right? Because if something <laughs> happens, you know, because here's the deal. Chances are nothing's going to happen. You're never going to find out that your martial art is shit. Right, and sometimes, like, the nicer area you go, the worse the teacher is. You go to the hood, people know bullshit when they see it because they've seen fights. Like, um, I, have, uh, I have four guys that did uh, private lessons with me for a long time. And it started from a Facebook page. The guy said, uh, somebody was like, you know, how do you know your self-defense uh, teacher is legit? And everyone goes, oh, well, do this art. And there's all these bullshit things. I go, these are just the arts that you do. 
And you know, you probably, you guys probably don't have experience in MMA. You're just recommending the art you do. You shouldn't do that because you don't have anything to fucking compare it to. Somebody goes, so what's your advice? I go, you should learn from somebody who is like been a cop or is a cop or somebody who was a thug, somebody who was a criminal. Like why? I go, because they've been in fights. They know how to fight, right? Or somebody who has some ring experience, you know? And then somebody messaged me my quote, and they're like, which one were you? <laughs> and I'm like, well, I was never a cop, you know? But I was, you know, so I was a bad kid. And then, uh, and these guys are loaded. You know, they live in a really rich part of, uh, you know. And, uh, and they were just doing private lessons for a while. But, you know, that's the thing, like finding a legit teacher, like somebody who knows how to bang. Oh, there's a, and here's another thing. Even, um, you know, not all karate styles are created equal. Um, <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there's one karate style I really like called Kyokushin or Kyokushin Kai. And uh, they're, they, you know, they, you don't have to do full contact, but they train for it. Because they train for it in their style, they You're know what works. Ready for it too, right? So there's, you know, you don't have all these armchair warriors who are like, well, uh, use your opponent's force against him, and now you don't have to work out and be tough. I'd hate to quote a movie, but one of the best quotes for that in a movie is uh, in Fight Club. Brad Pitt says, "How much can you possibly know about yourself if you've never been in a fight?" Yeah. The first time I gotta tell you, my first fight experience—the first time you get hit, everything goes out the window. Yeah. You know, is everything you learned? You're not thinking about okay. Low block, high block, sweep this, uh, you know, pull it. It's, oh, my God, I'm getting hit. Right. What do I do? Right. And defense is hard to pull off because you're behind the reactionary curve. You're behind something we call the ODA loop, O-O-D-A. Stands for Observe, Orient, Decide, Act. That's, that's, the, that's the term the military uses. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break it down a little more. I'll, I'll say them, I'll explain them. Excuse me. Oh, you can do that on here, too. There's speed of perception. Uh, speed of recognition, speed of decision, speed of initiation, speed of execution, speed of alteration. Speed of perception, something's happening. Speed of recognition, what's happening? Speed of decision, what am I going to do about what's happening? Speed of initiation, you make that mental to physical jump because some people just freeze. How come my hand didn't move? Speed of execution, your miles per hour speed. Speed of alteration, how long did this all take? Because bam, somebody punches you. That's really fast, right? Defense is hard. That's why I tell the other people, make the other guy defend. I think a lot of people's self-defense would be better if they thought in terms of counter-offense. Right? Because you need to attack them back. Mm -hmm. right? So you have to think like it's counter-offense. I didn't start the attack, but I attacked to end the, that attack. That's what I think my, my video is attack the attack. So, so not, not to sell my video, but not to that's not sell it. About buy, too. buy my stuff. Be a shameless right. self-promoter. Right. Um, <laughs> so what this is about is let's say what some other schools are doing, right? So the guy throws a punch, and you go block and counter. Okay, now let's say he throws two punches. Block, boom, you're, you're sharing, right? I mean, this was two beats to his one. What this stuff works on is like, well, if he's throwing a punch, well, I'm going to simultaneously evade and counter. I'm going to evade and counter, and there's a whole bunch of those. And if I can't hit him, uh, one of the things that happens a lot is people end up in no man's land. So what I say is, uh, you know, one of the cool things with technology today is you can watch fights. I mean, there's YouTube pages that are dedicated to just, you know, I think one's called like Real Fights for Knowledge that I'm on all the, that I watch all the time. But you'll see people they're leaning back and they're doing nobody can hit anybody. But if you know how to do, you know, something I call destructive blocking and constructive blocking, it's no man's land for the other guy, not you. 
and I take from different arts with that. So that destructive blocking I take from Philippine martial arts. The constructive blocking I've taken mostly from um, Ashihara Karate. No, destructive blocking is like taking a weapon away from somebody. Right. So because somebody throws a, a weapon, punch, if you and I lean back, I can't hit him, but I can punch his arm. Or one of my favorite ones is when the guy punches, I fade back and I'll carry it into the tip of my elbow. Oh. So they break their, they yeah. break their hand. There's a boxer break right there. Right. So. I, um, now, but now, like knowing a little bit, once that's broken, it's still not unusable. Once that pain goes away, now he's throwing like a cinder block at you if the fight's not right. over. Well, here's the deal. Maybe, right? Maybe, maybe he can take that pain. Maybe it's enough to shut him down. But he's probably not throwing that. Yeah. I mean, he might he's be gonna. Now you know you've only got one hand to deal with. But I'm not into. I'm not into pressure points. I'm not into pain well, complaints. No, I don't have a like. My buddy Matt's on here watching. He can tell you he's tried. He does a lot of the kung fu stuff. Yeah. He's tried here, all this stuff. It doesn't affect if you relax. Pressure points are useless. Right. Or they're or they're annoying. Yeah. Right. And when your adrenaline's going or people are drunk and stuff like that, so they just they don't work. They're not. I don't say they don't work. They don't work enough. They're not reliable enough. They're not high percentage to me. For me, not even just if you're drunk. If your right. opponent's drunk, that's a right. whole other ball game. Right. That's what I mean. If he's drunk, he's and feeling he no pain. Like some of them are built in that if they work, great. But if not, the technique has to work whether that pressure point is there or not. Um, even for me, kicking people in the nuts—that's that's a, that's a game changer. It, it, <laughs> to me, that's still pain compliance because you get people who are pissed off and stuff like that, and they—they just you know sometimes it just piss people off. But one of the, the other stuff I'm talking about is. Uh, like, think like you're fighting a Terminator. Can I, can I quote this? No, that's actually somebody else's quote. Oh, it's, it's uh, somebody else's quote? Well, I just want to point out the bottom part. Fight dirty. Where it says fight dirty. I hate when people are like, well, you fought dirty. Well, a fight's okay. not about who's clean and who's dirty. The fight is who about, who walks away at the end of this safely is what's in my mind. Somebody, so, so somebody's making me fight. They probably think they're going to win. So why do they think they're going to win? They're bigger than me. They're younger than me. They're bigger and younger than me. There's two or three, right? If they're starting a fight with you, probably the odds are in their favor. So it's already not fair, right? So it, it, it just it's retarded to me that people want to do, oh, hey, I want to start a fight with you, but you have to fight by the rules that I think are cool. Fuck you. You know, and if anything, I'm, I'll go, okay, and then break them anyway. You know, um... That's like your favorite quote, though, isn't it? What's that? That, the the quote in there. Uh, no, it was just it was one. Uh, you've written that in two things you've given to me. <laughs> yeah, because it's it's a good one, but it's not. Uh, it's I don't know not, if it was your quote or whose it was, but you wrote that in like everything. Yeah, it's a it's a good one. It's a good one. I put in books, but it's not mine. Yeah. Um, I forget who it I love was, it. but uh, but because uh, somebody else had uh, somebody had put it in one of my books. I'm like, oh, that, that's a good one. So I just, I just, I just put that in books, but it's not my quote. Um, I think I can still say the quote. Yeah, you can say the quote. You just, just can't, the, just not taking credit for it. Right. The quote is, uh, um, train hard, be humble, fight dirty. Um, like I said, I do a lot of seminars, and uh, somebody asked me to do, and I'm doing another one in, uh, in June, I think, um, a seminar just on fighting dirty. It was really fun watching this tonight. It was really interesting. Thank you. Bye. Shh. I can't see it. Sheila Ray. Sheila Ray. But um, 
they asked me to do a seminar on fighting dirty because I do a, you know, I'll, I'll show stuff in class and do some dirty stuff. So he's like, oh, you should, could you do a seminar on just fighting dirty? I'm like, absolutely. So like that, they're like, you think you have really have three hours of material to just fight dirty with? I'm like, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and we did, and uh, one of the things I told people ahead of time, I go, I want this to be so dirty. I want your opinion of me to be less by the end of this. Do we have a dog in here? No? Oh my God, Amy hey. showing up randomly. <laughs> I don't know, do you mind if she comes in? Yeah, I don't care. Amy's randomly showing up on Hi, here. Amy. Usually Amy's, Amy's my best friend. She's usually bartending right now. I don't know what this is all about. It was a snowy night. <laughs> but um, I don't know what we were talking about. Oh, fight, oh, fight dirty. dirty. So I said, like, I want this seminar to be so dirty. Like, I want you to think less of me when you leave here, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but just doing things that are, like, socially not acceptable. Like, one of my favorite ones was, uh, you know, spit in their face and hit them. Was spit in their face, kick them in the ball, spit in the face and punch them. Um, we do some, like, stick and knife fighting. And when we do that, you know, people have to wear protective gear. So one of the things they'll do is they'll go, uh, yeah, why don't you uh, put on this uh, eye protection? It'll, but I, I have more of the grinding shield because I don't want to get spit on. And they don't know what's happening. Mm. But I'll go, okay, when, uh, when, when you go, we go. As soon as they start moving, I spit in their face. And even they're like, you they the will flinch. Right, and it, right. But they still flinch with that spit in the face. Um, but, you know, it's that one projectile. Or, or throw stuff. Or get a weapon. Learn to fight with everything. Everything is a weapon if it's in your mind to be a weapon, you know. So my uh, my first uh, jiu -jitsu, traditional jiu-jitsu teacher, he would always say, everything's a weapon. And he had an ongoing class, uh, ongoing challenging class. He goes, bring me something I can't use as a weapon. I'll give you 100 bucks, right? And no one ever took him up on it. And then uh, he ended up, you know, leaving, and I ended up taking over the class. And... Uh, and so we just kept the challenge going, but nobody ever had called me out on it. And then one day, this, this teenage kid, he's putting gum in his mouth. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? You can't have gum in class. Right? And uh, he goes to put it in the wrapper. He goes, oh, can you use this gum wrapper in a fight? And I grab it, and I, I rip it in half, and I go, I don't need a whole gum wrapper to kick your ass. I only need half. And while I'm showing this half, I roll this half up in a little ball, and I pinged it at him, and when he flinched, I kicked him in the nuts. <laughs> But that's the thing. I mean, it could be anything. I had a, I had a, a female student through a hot cup of coffee. Two guys that were following her. So, uh, just a hot cup of coffee can. Be what do you smoke. have? Well, how can you use it? Cigarette butt was my when I was cigarette a smoker. Butt. Cigarette butt right in the face. Yep. Your body's natural reaction. Yep. That she girl actually went. So this girl was at a nightclub. This guy's buying her drinks and stuff like that all night. Got to be closing time. He's like, so are you coming home with me, right? She's like, no, I got a boyfriend. He's like, okay, cool, whatever, right? So she drives, and this was, so she was in Rhode Island. She drives all the way to Boston, um, the Fenway area is where she lives. She gets out, she goes in a store to buy a pack of cigarettes when he's 24-hour stores, comes out, and the guy's there in the car with his friend. He's like, hey, remember me? And she's freaking out, because that means this guy just followed her for an hour. He followed her for an hour just to say hi. No. Right? So she's like... This is an assault. This is a rape. Right. This is a. So she, she gets nervous. She she goes back in to the store, and instead of calling police or something like that, she just goes gets a hot cup of coffee, and she just sets the lid on. She's you know I got it, and I'm walking home, and I'm thinking you should have just stayed in the store. You're safe in the store, right? But you get nervous. You don't make the best decisions, right? 
She goes, well, now I'm thinking I'm almost home. I don't want to know where I live. Follow me in a house or something like that, right? So I told him, hey, just, you know, keep going. I'm not interested in stuff like that. Well, we're just talking. We're just talking. And she went, whoosh. Threw it at him and then ran the rest of the way. But uh, be resourceful with stuff like that. Learn to fight with pens, pencils. Um, that was one of my favorite stuff. What are you telling me when you do the improvised classes? I was like, oh, what are you going to do with a pen? You show me where on your body I can yeah. stab you with this and it's yeah. not going to yeah. hurt. Some lady goes, well, where would I stab him with a pen? I'm like, okay, I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to stab you somewhere in your body with this pen. You tell me where it's okay. <laughs> She's like, yeah, stab me with a pen. And I'm like, well, there you go. So there's bad places and there's worse places, right? You know, no place, There's no good place to get stabbed with a pen. You know, there's just places that are going to hurt and places that can be vital or blinding or, you know, or, or, or. But, uh, you know. But, uh, yeah, it's, you know, I, I never get enough of it, man. How much time you got? Did we use our two we're, hours? We're up, to the, we're up at 9 p.m. you have anything, last things you want to say to people uh, out there? Like, like I said, um, find a good school and, um, and, and start. Don't, don't hesitate. Because people go, oh, I, I want to wait till I get in it's shape. I want to do this. I want to do that. Dragging your feet. You can get in shape doing it. Yeah. And uh, if you want to know if your school is good, like I said, find Coach Jeff Berger on Facebook. And, uh, because you can message me there and just go, hey, I found this school. Because I can look them up. Mm-hmm. Like if you, you tell me what, you know who the school is, I can look him and find out if it's any good. He's a Coach Jeff Berger on Facebook. He's mm-hmm. got I don't know the, the website I know is still up. I was just on there the other day. Yeah, CoachJeffBerger.com. Mm-hmm. Facebook's uh, usually the best. Facebook's way. the best way to get me. Because Make sure it's Coach Jeff Berger, not just Jeff Berger. Do the Coach Jeff Berger. That's right. the actual school page. Right, it's the actual school page is Coach Jeff Berger. Because if you send an email to the to the the website, my wife gets it. And then she's just gonna send it to me. But and uh, there's a uh, you know seminars, private training, kids classes, all different styles. So we also do um, when we talk about seminars. I go to other places. I do them at mine. We also have uh, because I live right down the street from the school now. Um, we have a split level. It's just my wife and I. We have people come and stay with me for the weekend. You know, come and train. Sometimes they do private lesson training for the whole weekend, or sometimes they just jump in on seminars. So, uh, like, during the winter months, I have one weekend a month where one Saturday we just will spend five hours on Muay Thai. And then Sunday we'll spend five hours on Jiu-Jitsu. And I just had two people who came all the way from Canada to come and, uh, to come stay with me for a weekend and train. So that was, you know, really cool. Yeah. There you guys have it. Thank you again. The pleasure. This was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank, thank you for my uh, big first serious one here. Oh, <laughs> Everybody have a good evening. See you guys again next weekend. Amy, did you have anything? I just came to steal them after the show to get drunk. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) And they are ended the series. Yep, and have a good one, guys.